Welcome to our podcast. I am Belinda. I am Vince. I propose a question. Okay. How has communication changed since the pandemic? People are using social media and Zooming for just even talking to each other and having little cocktail parties and dancing and coffee clutches and all kinds of stuff. So I think more people have embraced it. Um, I embraced it more because of the pandemic because I went on a Zoom Bible study and that worked. I didn't melt or scream or anything. And I talked to my girlfriend, Carla, for the first time on a face-to-face, which, I mean, I always not like doing that. FaceTime. FaceTime. It was through Messenger on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously people found innovative ways to communicate, but I'm talking about people maybe who are living with one another. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's fine. No. Miscommunication. Oh, absolutely. Don't worry about it because (laughs) the thing about it is it, you're right. There have been innovative ways to communicate that might have made you closer to a to a person who, you know, you're absolutely fond of, but you just haven't found the time to reach out and wear Zoom and yeah, FaceTime on Messenger and all these other type of Facebook Live. Can you can reach out to people? Right. But as far as communication with like your I guess Mm. your mate or what have you where do you think that kind of lies I think for me actually more thoughtful because I realized like I can't go out for dinner to calm down so I have to be cautious with the way I listen to things I have to make sure I listen to them clearly because we can't really have people just going off for no reason because we're stuck with each other all in the house. And once one thing starts going wrong, then it's just a big snowball and it's all over a misunderstanding from the first thing. I've just become more aware of how much things can snowball and you just need to take space, take time if you can. And if you can't, you just need to be very gentle when you talk to each other. And quick to clear up misunderstandings. Yeah, right? Yeah, like really quick. Because you can't not talk to somebody for three days. It doesn't work. I mean, you can have the feelings, but it just really doesn't work. And the house is too small for that. Right. So you got to just stop it. <laughs> right. How? What would you think? Having real conversation. Having um, purposeful conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is key. Well, and that's also easier because nobody can run off and go anywhere. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you kind of have them. Well, I mean, I see a lot of people going out. I mean, I, I see people still going on vacations and living life. Right. And I still think that for the most part, um, your communication has to come from a place of am I willing to listen and does my partner have that same veracity for right. listening? Yeah, and it's made it very apparent. You can't really fudge it or try to, you can't really fudge it or try to make do because um, it's right there. Yeah. 
and you can't take someone's mind off of it towards something else because, you know, there's really not much else around. <laughs> well, this brings me to why I led with that. Okay. They're starting to have numbers on divorce rate. Okay, you and I wondered about that. Yeah. So. Um, Who absolutely cannot stand their mate anymore. So I've been reading, and the vo- the divorce rate, there is things being filed now for when the pandemic ends. Oh, my God. That, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting divorced. So Now, how bad would that be to be knowing you're going to divorce each other and still have to be with each other? I mean, yeah. Do you I, think just making the effort towards it relieves it? or? I mean, it could, it could work both ways, right? If you're in a volatile situation, it would just probably make it more combustible. That's what I would think. You know, I mean, in cer- certain instances, it might just kind of burst the bubble and relieve the tension. But right. I think in... We live in a world where if you scream the loudest, you're right. I know. Well, and if you've already filed for it, then you know it's going to happen. Then you don't have to worry about each other's feelings. So you can like really go at it then. Oh. That's, that's what I would be afraid of. Yeah, pent up. Oh, yeah. You know. Things you haven't been saying all of a sudden. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I think in any relationship that I've ever been in, there's always been some sort of scoreboard watching Right. Where I have this in my back pocket from like two years ago. Right. I'm going to wait for the yeah. right moment to use it. Yeah. And I think now being in a relationship where having a partner where you can talk to that person mm-hmm. about anything. Like going into our relationship, I felt there was not one corner of my closet that you hadn't seen. Right. You yeah, know, well, the same good, here. The bad, the ugly. But I mean, that's what we it. did was we just talked. I mean, that's what we so, could do. <laughs> having that out, you know, there's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. I also think it was a really good exercise, not just because of, okay, let's put all the cards on the table. It's almost like I gave you like a playbook to me hmm. in the sense of. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, when things go awry, I get super quiet. Right. Or I get screamed at, I shut down. Right. Yeah. You know, like so I, I mean, get cues yeah. on what not to do. Yeah. And the other the other part is also being willing to be in a position where I don't think about myself first anymore. Right. And you, you said know. that's a big. That's a huge deal. So, I mean, it's like God, family, you know. Yeah. Include, obviously, you're yeah. number one on that list. The, um, that's when, when you and I started, I basically just was an open book because I wasn't going to start. I had seen so many people in the past and especially in the house that they weren't open books and then people would find out things about them and they'd be like totally different than what you thought they were. And I saw how devastating that could be, either if it was good or bad, it's still not who you think people are. So I didn't want to give any kind of illusion. I just wanted to be totally open with, you know, everything that's happened to me in the past and dumb stuff I've done or, and the way I react to things and why I think I react, you know, or what I found out as to why I react to things. So right. I just always wanted to be really open with that. Right. So, I mean, you know, I think both 
parties have picked up on the cues of yeah. the other, then a real conversation can be had. Right. Like, are you falling back? In this yeah. Pattern? Well, and that's because that's an important thing that you and I have to hold each other accountable for and we have to watch for it in the other yeah so neither of us do go back i mean going back to depression or going back to alcohol is just as bad either one i mean absolutely i don't ever want to go back no i know and you really don't i mean you have shown that time and time again no no that was living a yeah a way crazy lifestyle that i don't ever want to lead again right I feel I can be just as crazy without alcohol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like you're quiet and but demure. I'm not making I'm not making bad decisions. Right. Though, so that's good. I think the other thing with that is is that when you're looking at the person going, Okay, I you know, is this something that I should worry about or mm-hmm. is this something that I should concern myself about? And then I think that brings along too is you're showing care for that person. Definitely. You're looking mm-hmm at that person not that you're trying to find a chink in the armor but hey is there anything that we need to talk about this is definitely a space where you can be vulnerable here trust me right come into the trust tree with me (laughs) and you know we'll we'll sit and have a conversation and figure something some things out yeah what we're finding now through the pandemic is that there's not a lot of trust trees going out there, America. No. Let me tell you something. Y'all ain't trusting each other. No. For sure. People aren't. So whatever you went into that relationship with that you were hiding and somehow with jobs and with itinerary that stayed very active. Right. We're finding now that is the chink in the armor is there's not a lot of trust trees out there. Right. Well, and people are really finding out. Yeah, because there's not anywhere to hide it. Because, I mean, the only place you can go if you are an essential worker is you can go to work, but you come home <laughs> and that's it. And any deviation is going to cause an upward eyebrow because what are you doing? <laughs> You're not supposed to be out. And did you have trust going into the pandemic? Or well, not? right. That's where was your relationship pre pandemic? Right and now in pandemic, mm-hmm. because if there were things that were on the table that seemed dubious or shady, right, but you could overlook it because right. of these reasons. But yeah, it was in stuff. the background of your mind. You were wondering about it and stuff. Now you're like one bringing of the, it out. <laughs> one of the Olsen twins mm-hmm. tried to file for emergency divorce during the pandemic. Oh, really? Mary Kate Olsen decided. That she could not be with her husband I anymore. Think, I think I heard something about that, but I never and paid attention. The court said, uh, listen, this is not essential right now. Y'all can, okay. you know, there's too many houses involved that you guys can figure it yeah, out. Yeah, to mess with. Yeah. Just go somewhere else. Uh, as, absolutely. If you want the Upper East Side apartment, have at it. Yeah. Tell that dude to go to Connecticut. Right. And keep it moving, and we'll see you when this is over. When this is over. Can you imagine Can you imagine having everything at your fingertips and basically having everything done that you want done, and then all of a sudden finding out that you're not bigger than a pandemic or a quarantine? <laughs> well, it goes back to the conversation last week, right, about control. Yeah. What can you control? Right. Or what do you perceive that you can control? Right. 
And then you find out really not in control. Yeah. You're not the queen you there thought you were. Is, there's a significant level that I have not attained Yeah. that will push whatever I need through to get myself comfortable. Yeah. So you better find comfort, comfort in what and you have. uncomfortable. Yeah. No, and I think a lot of people are finding that out. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think it's a thing where everybody's having this issue. Oh, no, you no. You know, I, don't, I just think but that. But it does bringing it out. Did you have a good relationship going into the pandemic? Were you communicating with your partner at a high level at that point before? Before, right. Pandemic. Well, because I think you knew money issues were probably going to be an issue. You knew the monotony or the staleness of seeing each other every day for long periods of time that you didn't have. Yeah. Some people, that's just enough to drive them nuts. I mean, it's just too much for them. They don't take, they don't take it in large chunks. So what do you think the habit was like the final straw? (laughs) Oh, between the Olsen. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You kind of wonder what is it that it's an emergency. Um, Because obviously she wasn't attacked or anything because they would have, like, made them go to different corners or, you know, different states or something instead of just you figure it out. So, yeah, I don't know. Is it just that toilet paper over or over issue or the milk bottle eating out of it, drinking out of it or? I hate the way you eat your carrots. Exactly. I just can't stand it anymore. I need out. Stop clipping your toenails on the bed. Right. Yeah. I mean... Hopefully, that's not what drove a divorce to the end, or a marriage to divorce in the end. But but yeah, I'm gonna pound the table. I know, right? For you moving my stuff 14 inches to the right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what made them pound the table, or what made one of them pound the table. What? Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm at my wits' end with you. If you do not take the toothpaste and clean the sink, I've asked you thousands of times. And this is the day. <laughs> that is the last day I will ever ask you that again because I want a divorce. Well, I am pretty tired of looking at the toothpaste in the sink, but I don't think I will put the 12-year-old out yet. No. No, that's a, ooh, that's a problem on its own. Yeah. She's um, super good, but she, she is. She is some, some things. <laughs> That's yeah. she's a teenager. Yep. Um, preteen, whatever you want to call them, tweener. She's all of it. Yeah. All she's, wrapped she's in a just a complete enigma ball of little stress. Yes. Yes, she is. Well, do you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, Bill Bellamy did the rant about you didn't think about this before the pandemic started, but now you're stuck with your pandemic partner. You got to be nice. Janice could be your caretaker. <laughs> you never right? know what's going to happen. So, yeah. Like, and now we're finding out. Yeah. <laughs> but now, well, okay, that, now let's flip it, right? Florence Nightingale syndrome, right? Exactly. So the person comes to your aid. You don't see them. You never saw them in that light before. Right. And they're making sure you got soup. They're making sure you got... Toilet paper. Right. They're just keeping you nice. So, and yeah. Just, are, they, then, are they still the rotten person? Right. Or was it a situation where this was a friend because there's a pandemic going on. You're starting to see who's really about you. Yeah. And does your value chart for yourself change? Right. You know, 
So I mean, no. it could be a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, it could, I mean, I can definitely understand. I made a comment to my mother <laughs> the other day, but I'll get throw off the scenario again. Uh, Chip and Beth uh, McGannis in Inglewood, Colorado, right? Okay. Chip is a head fund manager. This is a complete fake scenario, yeah. but Chip is a hedge fund manager. Okay. In okay. Inglewood, Colorado. And, you know, he went into business with two of his partners from college, successful business, all that. And Beth was a, she was a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. She is homemaker slash has her own business that she's doing out of the home, Mm -hmm. raising the kids. Right. What have you. Now, Chip and Beth have been married for, say, eight years. Okay. So good, good amount. Yeah. Right. Should know each other. You would think. Chip is now in the house all the time. Beth is not used to Chip, Chip being, being in there the house all the, time. all the time. Chip is not used to her goings on in the morning because he's gone. Right. So he doesn't know like the seven routine. seven o'clock in the morning, working till five, doing all the things he needs to do. Right. So now Chip was home seeing all these histrionics with her. Right. Yeah. And going, oh. Going, oh my gosh. Whoa. This is what your schedule is? Exactly. Because he, you know, because Beth has to look good for Chip. Because well, right. when he takes her out on the, you know, whether it's a, a, a gala or going to the country club. Right. Or going to a, a fundraiser right. or charity event. You know. So yeah, now you have to be presentable. You knew what she looked like, but you didn't see all the stuff that went along. Right. To get it to that point. Right. And since she's not going to galas and stuff, she's not going to be that. The first week or so, she might have tried. Just. Did she? It's the first week or so, you yeah. You think so? Maybe. But after that, you realize, why am I putting on 14 layers of makeup? Why am I wearing uncomfortable? Everybody else in the world is getting along in Did you, jammy pants. See, yeah, I, I don't even know if it lasts a week. No, because she would. She would be self-conscious enough that it would last a week. Okay. But when you realize that it's really going to last and it's not just the couple of weeks we thought it was, that's when people started letting it go and stuff. Could it's you... probably been weeks since she's worn a bra, unless she goes outside. Right. Um, just why? I mean. <laughs> no reason. There's just, you know. No reason. Yeah, you wear jammy pants and you wear a sloppy t-shirt or something. These are my four deals okay. with communication. Okay. I think you start out right off the bat. We're going to have a conversation. And I think there's some kind of negative condensation that goes along with that. But what I try to do is say, okay, let's shut everything down. Not focus on phone, TV. Right. Be totally present. And let's have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a negative connotation. And it's really weird that there is because... I mean, every time you're like, let's have a conversation, you know, people's like heart stopping. You're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And oh, my God, is this it? And stuff. And it's it's not. It's, you know, we really got to figure out how we're going to pay this bill or how we're going to do this. The second thing is when having the conversation, it's not you did or he did or she did. You believe it to be. Right. It should be. I have noticed. Right. Yeah. Start like that. Words that are not going to put somebody on the defense. Right, right in the beginning. Because remember, you're in love with that person. Exactly. Or you care That's about what, that person, so why would, why you, would want you want that? 
to put that person in right state of anxiety right where they're already starting to mount their defense right and you know that a conversation like that is never going to go very well i was really proud of myself one time because you and i were having just disagreements all throughout the day i was sitting there and i'm like if i just ask him a question right now it's going to make him defensive and if he asks me something i'm going to get defensive but we need to figure out how each of us is feeling. So I remember I sat down with you and I said, why don't you tell me about the day that you had and I'll tell you about the day I had. Because I knew you had gone through things that I didn't know about and I knew I'd gone through things that you didn't know about. So we just talked about what our day was and we had completely different days from each other and it let us tell each other what we were having problems with and then we were like, oh, okay, so that explains that and you weren't dissing me and you didn't throw me under the bus and you know, stuff like that. And it's just, we were able to talk about it instead of at each other. And you know, you let me talk without saying anything, I let you talk, I think I wanted to say something but you said no and I, I remembered, so you talked without me talking. Anyway, and I was just really proud that I thought of that as a way for us to be able to communicate. Folks, did you hear that? <clears throat> Letting your partner speak is huge. It really is. You want to do your best, but then they say something and you're just like, so yeah, it's really important just to listen. And it's important for people to be listened to. That validates you. Starts the conversation on a good note. Number three mm -hmm. is actually hearing the points of a person that you're speaking to. Exactly. And when you listen to them and you actually listen, then you don't spend the whole time in your mind making up things. You actually listen and hear. Because if you're going to make rebuttals, you're not hearing a person talk. You're waiting for them to take a breath so you can spout your wisdom or your reason that it's wrong or your reason that you could fix them or whatever. So yeah, just listen and just be quiet and listen. And a lot of people have troubles with that. You and I are working on it. Number four, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yes, and we do that. Boom. We do that. That is, to me, the most important thing because mm -hmm. I don't think I have ever done this more than now. I will go outside, smoke a cigarette, think about the day or if it's still in the middle of the day, that right. particular conversation. Being sensitive to you, but also going, wait a minute, how would I feel if I was in that spot? Right. You know, you do it during the conversation, but I think also as you're able to step away mm -hmm. from that conversation, you are able to feel it more. Right, like, exactly. So then it becomes palpable to you. Right. There's an impact on you. Right. But if you're not away, then you're hearing the other person still proclaim their hurtness, crying or whatever. And so it's really hard with all that emotion going on to try to be not defensive. And sometimes and when sometimes when the emotions run high, all you need to do at that point, it hurt. No. So no, exactly. you may as well go ahead. I'm not saying crawl up into like a little ball and no. be in a fetal position and allow your partner just to, you know, verbally beat on you. What no, I'm saying no, is not at all. for it to be mutual 
and how mutual respect and mm -hmm. people walk away, both parties walking away feeling good about it. Right. The both parties need to feel that the other person really saw it from their side. And oh, this is a funny thing that happens in the during quarantine, the libraries. So they were closed for forever and you could just keep the book forever because they didn't want you bringing your book back. They didn't want you being out. They didn't want your coronavirus books. They didn't know what to do with them. And there was nobody there that was going to give you books. So they opened again like a month and a half ago. And it's through, if you're returning a book, you drop it in the you drop it in the book drop, and if you're... You drop a what? <laughs> book drop baby. <laughs> there was a Are funny... Are you dropping books <laughs> like it, it's hot? Like it's hot. There was, I think it was a Nashville library that had a coronavirus, how we're going to do things. I got so many more puns. I know, but it I was so cute. Use. It was so cute. They had like a little DJ scratching and he was going to the tune of ice ice baby and it was drive through baby and they're talking about how you do it and stuff and then in the end she's like well what about return books book drop baby <laughs> so the way she said it i just really liked it so that's how you're returning your books how you're picking them up is you order them online and then they send you an email when your books are ready and then you contact them and you make an appointment to when you can go pick them up. You have to make an appointment within five days. And your appointment is, you know, you're given a time and a date and you show up in your car or standing there with your walker and your oxygen tank and you're waiting for them to come out and give you the books. The Gen Xers just said, why didn't you just get the book online? I know, well, but that's, you could. I know that you are a huge fan See, of the library. I love the library. I mean, you go in there and you just feel like it's home and it's just, to me, it's relaxing. I just love all that knowledge there, knowledge being around me. And so you're around peeps that feel like you do. And I like the physicality of a book and I'll deal with it. I'm not gonna cry and I'm not gonna read again because that would be hurting me and nobody else. For other people, the library is where, like, really suspicious characters go and look up porn. I know. Well, and see, I don't know how much that happens anymore because I know they're trying at the library for the computers and stuff to not do it. But I know that's infringement on people's rights. Um, but then that's also infringement on people's rights to not have to look at that stuff. So... I mean, they try if no, they I, tread a fine line. I understand. Like I, when I was in Boston, I used to get down at Barnes and Noble. That yeah, I spot. love I love bookstores when they were still open. Barnes and Noble was oh, my yeah. spot because I still like the feel of a book. I know there are a lot of people out there who are just like, just get online, stop, stop yourself, right, right now. But I still like the feel of a book, and I, you know, and it depends on the actual. Uh, place, but I used to go to Barnes and Noble yeah. just to hang out. Yeah, I did that. Make a day and like spend 
a significant amount of time, like four hours. Yeah, just there. Is you know, they had coffee, which is you know, mildly well, yeah, important. Exactly. If you want a little snack, you could get that. Yeah. And read. They had like music playing in certain areas and stuff because they had CDs and stuff. Oh, I forgot the when you return your books to the library, they're holding them on a seventy-two hour. Everything get off of it and die. It's called sterilization. Yes. They are for hundreds of people to read. So that is something that I'm aware of. And that's one per- one thing people have always had troubles with. Oh, I don't want to read after somebody and stuff. And I never minded it. But now you just think more of where has the book been and stuff. Um, See, that's why Gen Xers are right now right. going. Just do it online and stuff. Do and it I online. do, And I do understand that that is sanitary and stuff like that. Um, and I can't afford to buy books for Does me it, to read. Amazon have some sort of thing? I mean, I know they have Amazon books. Right. And it's all online. But don't they have something where it's like a book club and it doesn't, like, you can be... You can join... It's like Kindle Unlimited, or and it's eBooks Unlimited, because Kindle basically is what they call books, eBooks. That their name is Kindle, and that's their name, and that's they had the pads, the tablets that were Kindles to read on and stuff. And I have a Kindle, and I have a Kindle app on my phone because that's how I get the books through Kindle. And they have free books, which is what I've downloaded a lot of, but they also have. If you subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, but that you don't get that through the normal Kindle Prime, because I did for a while, but then it was just like a 90-day free trial or something, and then they wanted to pay me. No, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Someone to pay me to read. They wanted to pay you? They wanted me to pay. How come this is the first time <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> you read a lot, so we are rich. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> if you're getting paid to read, uh, I want to know where the checks are. I know, right? Well, where we do have equipment. Where are the checks? <laughs> I just have a really big credit with Amazon. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, so you can read books that you can check out like five at a time or whatever, and you can have them and put them back, and it's just you can get them for unlimited. And that is a good deal, but it's not worth for me to pay for it at this point. Because mm. mm. I can get them from the library for free, too. I'm going to order some books. I, th- I think there's a couple books that I want to order. You were going to look before, and I think you should. Well, there's a couple things that I just want to have in my library that I haven't had Yeah. in my library. I am the exact opposite of my wife. If you have not figured that out yet, you're going to try to figure out how in the hell <laughs> these two people ended up with one another. But where she she would probably have like the, the Library of Congress mm-hmm. in her storage area. I'm not real. If I move, I can leave everything and like a couple things and be gone. Yeah. Now that and it's time to, you know, settle in. There's like a couple books that I'm wanting to get. One book in particular is The Christmas Carol. I want like a first edition Christmas Carol leather bound book. 
I want that. Then a couple other things in my library probably are, probably would like to get something on George Lucas. I think Kevin Smith has a book. I want to. Yeah. Something I want to get his book because I read it. I haven't read the newest one. Um, I read the one after his dad had the heart attack. And um, I do want to get that book. Because, so, I mean, we can definitely order those. And then being a half African-American, I want to have in my library um, W.E.B. Du Bois and Frederick Douglass. Yeah, and those are ones I would like to read. You know, those are things that I have read in the past. But, obviously, it's been a long time, and it's just something that I need to have just to continue to remind me of what the struggle is now and like have my eye on the prize of what is actually going on. Right. But also understand that where I am right now was built on the backs of my, my dad's ancestors and other very, Brave African Americans who, yeah, and their stories need to be read. I mean, they need to be told. They need to be read. They need to be. I mean, you need to feel them with your heart. I mean, and that's. I think a lot of us need to feel it with our heart. That it was real. It's you know we tend to romance the past or forget, or didn't happen to us. So it's not. It so it didn't really happen. And we all have that mentality to one way or another. And there's stories to tell you that it happened. <laughs> I think I asked you this question before, but I'm going to ask you this question now that we're on the pot. So in the last 75 years, what are the three most impactful deaths to have happened in this country? Hmm. And how has it how do you think those deaths affect where we are now as a country and a society? Right. Um, I don't know. I would have to think on that, like, more than just on the top of my head. I'll give you mine. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, this is your question, so I'm sure you have yours. I'll give you mine. John F. Kennedy right. is one. He was such a calming voice in a time where, just like now, our our country is in upheaval with social injustice. Right, and wouldn't a calming voice you know, be great? And he was also very stern to the powers that be in the southern part of the country and other parts of the country, just to let them know that... Racism and, and, you know, allowing allowing people of color to go to schools, That's this is how it is. This is the new norm right? for you. Right. And see, there's a lot of people that don't talk about that when they talk about Kennedy. So, I mean, he was, him and his brother were instrumental. It's almost you got to combine them together. Yeah. So, it's almost like I'm cheating on the test a little bit because I'm, I'm throwing in Robert, too. Right. Because at the time, he was the attorney general. Right, so yeah, I mean, so, he had a lot of say. JFK's death and then his brother's death, very impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Just for how the country was, what feeling 
because my mom talks about the feeling that JFK right. gave right to America. You know, we were still in a time where the country felt good right about itself. Right. And even in places where the times were harder, they felt inspired and have hope and they would go out and have peaceful or try to have peaceful protests. Right. And even as they were seeing some of the just really disgusting slaughters that were going on, because the stuff that's going on now, folks, it was going back on in the 60s, 50s and 60s too. You know, the good thing about now is that we got video for it. Yeah, that's, I mean, because it was, it was happening in places, so it was an upheaval in the place, but, I mean, not even everybody in the place knew about it, and you certainly didn't know about it in another state unless someone traveled to another state and said, oh, you wouldn't believe it, but there's nothing to show. It's just talking, and they're like, oh, how could it be that bad? But well, how organized it was. was it? You know, this is, you know, the, because communication was better. Mm-hmm. You had to go to rallies. You had to go to little town halls where people were talking about social injustice. Right. They were talking about how the police weren't fair and, and all these things. Right. So, but you have, Ken, you have the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. They die. Abruptly. Yeah. One in a presidency. Yeah. Inside a presidency. Yep. Truly significant. Oh, yeah. Then you have Robert, who is running for president. Right. Who would have definitely continued the legacy of his brother. Yeah, he didn't have a whole new platform. (laughs) And then go forth and bring a lot of the social injustice things to to see probably a different ending than what we're having now. So then the next person that I thought to myself, okay, this person gets to see life organically out. Right. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the ones I thought of. So momentum's building. People are starting to really see what the country's going through. And here is a man who not only is at the forefront, but the power of, of Dr. King's speech. Just the. Oh, it's still. Seriously, Just still. the magnetism of that gentleman's speech. It just, it puts you in a call call to action yeah, as it a does. person of color. It does. That old black and white torn up reel of the speech still has the same impact that it did. Now that's powerful. I mean, that's just, uh, you get this man who is really almost coordinating with the Kennedys, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So he's got the ear of the most powerful office in the land. And there's change that is being made. There's right. inroads that are being made. Right. The other thing to backtrack on Kennedy if Kennedy lives, this is JFK, not Robert, but I know Robert probably would have been in on this as well. 
no Vietnam War. Right. If Kennedy stays. Right. Kennedy lives. We would not have gone to Vietnam. I don't think there's a Vietnam War. That was so sensitive. Conflict, maybe, yes, probably stuck our nose, shouldn't have worked, belonged. Shout out to the veterans, though. Yes. Shout out to the Vietnam vets out there. Yes, yes. Because that was not your situation. No, not at all. And so much stupidness happened while you were over there, and then so much stupidness happened when you came back that, I mean, it's just embarrassing. Shout out to the Iraq veterans as yes. well. Because yeah, just they were in a position of no win. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, for me, yeah, I understand. Thank you for your service. Thank you for going over there in a really confusing time and just doing trying. what you had to do. Yeah. And I don't think they get enough credit for No, it. they don't. Well, and especially you and I, I mean, we've seen so many veterans that i mean they fought for our country and they've come back and they're living on the street and they're not getting the mental help the physical help that they need i mean i i mean Me, you have talked about we that talk about it all the time because we'll see someone on the bus you know and it's just it's i it makes me cry it really does just i'm not a big you know i'm just not a big believer in war but I read something from Henry Rollins, and he's like, you know, I'm not a big defender of war or not per perpetrator of war or something. He's like, but if we send somebody over there to fight battles for us, they need to be armed correctly. They need to have the safety gear, any safety gear that exists. They need to have it, not have their parents being sending them jackets or, you know, um, vests and stuff to save themselves and when they come back we need to freaking bow at their feet and take care of them and not shuffle them off i didn't think we were gonna go here but sorry all right one thing i'm gonna say whether you think i'm a bleeding heart or not here is your expenditures that you should give to people who fight in the armed forces. Okay. So I got stuff. Okay. I got a lot to say about this. Am I a bleeding heart? Absolutely. Okay. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm no, a, no. I didn't mean. I'm the type of person that, listen, I understand there are places in this world, dark places in this world. Right. And there are things that I don't need to know about that go on that are protecting this country. I understand right. there are some things that we have to do. To protect this country. No, I know. I understand that. But I mean, I agree. Here's my thing. I don't know what the defense budget is, but I'm going to break it down for you. When you go to war or you go into the armed forces. Right. All right. Obviously, weapons, equipment. Right. All that definitely should be taken care of. Right. Well, because I hear stories of like old jackets that like have been recalled but they've got them and i've i've heard stories of like families sending body armor and it just doesn't compute like you said the bulletproof vests 
the, you know, are they going over there with everything they need? Right. But also, are they, do they have, when they're over there, do they have all the communication devices? Right. Do they have, do they have all the support? Do they um, have everything they need to be? Yeah. And I understand war is never going to be comfortable. No, no, I know that. it's not. What I'm asking for is just like, okay, if the tank was uh, recalled, that recall tank it. should not be over there. Yeah, not refitted. Real, <laughs> real easy stuff. Right. Guns recalled, probably There's a get reason. them out of yeah. said 19-year-old hand right. and put gun that works right in 19 year old hands right no i mean that's no i agree with that i mean that's i um i think anybody who votes having to do with the budgets and stuff for that needs to act as if every person that is going over to war is their son or daughter and Oh, that changed a lot of stuff. And right act there. with their dollars and their support and their openness and willingness to give them things as if it is your own son or daughter. Each individual person is your son or daughter, not just, not even just your friend's son and daughter. I mean, just yours. Now, your son, your daughter comes back. From right. War. Right. Here is where the dollars are spent. Right, and this is where the big breakdown is. So, in my regime, right, and, and whatever, you go through a car wash before you get to see your people. Right. So, you write it into the the writer the agreement when you sign up. Right. Yeah. When you get back, six months, extensive therapy, how to deal with conf- regular confrontation. Right. Let's talk about your emotions. What did you see there? Yeah. You know. I mean, talk about it. Get it <laughs> square. Do not send these people who you turn into people who are very resourceful in mayhem. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's what. That's we, what you're teaching them. That's is, what they need to be. Yeah. They need to be Listen, resourceful in mayhem. That's a great underst- way to put it. We understand what war is. Okay. I have never been there. Yeah. I but never. I do know this. I have family members who have been there. I have I know people who have been there. If they are coming back six months, maybe three months lockdown, ninety right. days, whatever, and then you can, know we can they, go to then, six. then the families can come and check on right. them. After a hundred and 35 days, you can go out, maybe go home for the weekend. Right. Yeah. You know, weekend you really try to and acclimate them back into society. Instead of just throwing them back in their family with their family when they're not even really sure what they just did back there. There's got to be something that's better. No, I agree. Than honestly, what's going I agree. on now. Yeah. And I, I think, know. and obviously things like housing and things like all that should be just, you know. A given, right? I mean. At least they should have every break they possibly can live a good life. Yeah. Because they fought for They our fought country. for the life. I mean, they fought for our freedom. They fought for everything we want to um, wave flags about and stick in other countries' faces and say, yeah, it's us. I mean, 
they made it all possible. We should account for them like they accounted for us. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's really a, what that's it comes a good down way to. Put to it. Is that because I know no one comes out unscathed. There's no. You there's can't. no like. You can't. I went over to Baghdad. There's no, not one person that walked out and said, yeah, you know, on my off days, I was just having cappuccinos. Right. You know. Just chilling. Just chilling. Not worrying about anything. Everybody who comes back, comes back with at least one. Yeah. One story. Yeah. One nightmare that, that they, they can't, can't get, get out their of. head. One just regret. There's... Nobody comes back unscathed. Right. And that's my whole thing. So take care of vets. We make it part of their yeah. care or aftercare or yeah. whatever you want to call, call it. We call it the recovery or something. I mean, but yeah, it's a, so, it's a de- separate and equally funded. <laughs> and you know what? Guilt the Fortune 500 into helping... Mm-hmm. Pay for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, listen. They've got it. They Oprah. Got... Yeah. Don't All the kids me. in Africa that you're helping out, Don't cool. Real happy about that. But you know what? If you gave, like, a million dollars to vets for, you know, re-acclimation. Yeah. If you did you know, it, then your friends would do it. And, you know, and your friends happen to have millions of dollars, too. Yeah. Not you like know, your friends or my friends. I want this for Black Lives Matter too. I want. Well, I want. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. LeBron is spearheading a lot of stuff with that. Um, a lot of black dollars are being spent. Yeah. Um, on vo- voter registration, voter getting the yeah, word out ways, to vote, way to get them to um, vote, and ways to get them able to vote. Well, and that's what I was going to say when you said um, the Fortune 500 clubs and stuff, when all the rioting and the uproar and everything started, Fortune 500 clubs did give because they had to because they were afraid they were going to lose people. They were going to lose whatever. Amazon gave, IBM gave, FedEx gave. I mean, they were all... And, and by the way, and by the way, black America as a biracial, a biracial kid and people of color in general... This is a call to arms. 100%. Keep the pressure up. Yeah. That's, Do not sit back. let these companies slip back into normal. Yeah. No, this isn't the time to say, okay, well, I've done it, so let's just see where it's going to go. Don't right. give it that opportunity because it's not going to go well if you're not pushing. Which is sad to say, but I just want to be realistic. Right. <laughs> Make sure that if a company... Case in point, the owner of the Atlanta WNBA team. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Her comments on the Black Lives Matter movement were divisive. Yeah. They weren't stellar. To say the least. Right. So, what did the WNBA players do? They were about it. They they were about that life. They showed up in the bubble. They showed up in the bubble, not just her team that she owns, the Atlanta Dream. 
But every WNBA player had, because I believe the young lady is is running for some sort of um, city council or or something involving politics. Yeah, it's something. And they had all worn shirts for her opponent to vote for whoever she's going against. Basically, don't vote for... The leader of our team. Right. <laughs> and now she how does, signs our checks. Yeah. But check this out. Exactly. Do not vote for her. Exactly. Now, how that is, that is really putting your money where your mouth is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. And now there is talk of her, um, in a sense, being Donald Sterling, if you oh, okay. sort of speak. Yeah. So there's that. Well, but that's the thing is that. With those people dying, right? You know, we talked about, we didn't even get to the last one, but basically that's the type of thing now is that the momentum is there. And right. And here's the other thing. As somebody who's biracial, you're getting the response that you want from a good majority of white Americans to go, yes, this is appalling. And you need to continue to show them that. Yes. Because, unfortunately, white America Forgets. is still not going through the same things that black Americans and Latinos and other people of color are going through. Yeah. They're not going through it. There was talk of a football player who went through his rookie year in Buffalo not that long ago, or last year. He said he got stopped by the cops. Oh, Yeah. I remember hearing that. Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, Buffalo Bills, gets stopped by the cops. He said it was the most enraging, and he said he was sad. His his emotions just ran the gamut. And here is a person who is somewhat of a celebrity. Some, but the the thing with football players, they wear you know they wear a helmet, right? So yes. You have a guy who is driving a car, gets pulled over. There was really nothing. It was very benign traffic stop and was treated like a criminal. So, I mean, it could still happen. It's still happening. Yeah, it is still happening. Every time that it does happen, it needs to be alerted to. And it needs to be like, what is going on? And why is this happening? And why is this still happening? And why aren't... There are protocols that are stopping this from happening. Right. And give and shed light on these subjects every time that it's seen. Because if you allow it to go back burner, it will go back burner. And if enough of us start voting intentionally, then maybe we can get back to a country that really does speak on all of the actual matters that go on in this country instead of just saying, we want to make America great again. Right. Yeah, slogans, but slogans are slogans, and we need things to back them up and make them happen. That's true. But at the end of the day, just vote intentionally. Read up on who is running for things. Locally, then statewide, then nationally. Locally, because that's what affects you immediately. 
state because that's who's funding your community and then nation because that is how your dollar is going to be better off or not better off depending on your circumstances yes definitely so that's I my, approve of that message. That's my diatribe on voting and, and social changes or whatever. Um, the third person, so you know, we yes. don't really need to get all up into it, but the third person would have been Malcolm X. Yes. And that see, been... I've never read his story. You should read it. I need to read it. And I'm putting that, because, on, the, I'm putting that on the list with books. Because his deal towards the end of his life when he went to Israel went to Mecca it changed him so the guy who was calling people white devils wasn't that guy anymore <laughs> he really was yeah no that's so, I know that stuff happened um, the sad part is I had I know my parents had Malcolm X Frederick Douglass Dubois I mean I know we had that in our house and I didn't make it to reading them. We had a lot of really good books in my house. Um, but let's well, you'll get that opportunity again. So you again. just got to get them again. Um, okay, now on a light-hander note. Um, a light-hander note? <laughs> a lighter note. A, a light lighter-hearted note, note. Lighter-shaded note, light-hearted note. Yes. Note. Notes. Galaxy. Less note serious. 20s. I've been looking up, I was looking up last night because, you know, Boots were wondering because he's lethargic and we're just kind of trying to figure out what could be wrong with him and stuff. So, Boots, when I look, again, just mascot, so you know. Mascot Boots. Of the question point pod. He is. So, when I look up things in Google, you know, it always takes me forever because it takes me down the rabbit hole because you look up your question, but then there's like literal questions what do cats think we are? So basically, cats think that humans are the same species as them. So they just see us as, I guess, equals or something. They don't see us as a difference. They see us as species like that. But they find us oddly non-hostile, <laughs> which is funny. I mean, I'm glad they find us not non-hostile. And then, this is what everybody always wants to know. Why do cats follow you into the bathroom? Because the cat will. I mean, basically, he'll follow me wherever I go. He'll follow you most of the places that you go. And he'll follow the other ones sometimes, but he'll always follow you into the bathroom. And knowing this, we, like, basically don't close the door all the way because it's always a, well, is he going to come in or not? So the cat comes in, and they say the cats do this because the cat loves the routine and nothing pleases him more than to share yours. So it is like a big kumbaya moment as far as the cat is concerned. He just wants to be there with you. He wants to be present. All right. So we come to the part of our show to talk about all our Twitters and our Instagrams because then we get to the point of the podcast to see who, who? has answered who? or has asked who? all who? Uh, Who? The questions. Who? Because New Day rocks. Exactly. Okay. okay. So I will start. The website for the podcast itself. 
And what can you find on said website? You can find the podcast with our nifty little player. You just press play and stop. And it's kind of old timey because our microphones are old timey. You can find what we try to bring to the table. You can find our idea of what we are. You want to know where it's at? Where is it? Question point dot captivate dot FM. Boys and girls, that is the website. Sounds funny, I know, but that's what gets you there. It doesn't sound funny because I want my audience to be captivated. Shout out to Captivate, my platform that I use to get the podcast everywhere. Shout out to you, Captivate. I told you I think I wanted to do like like reads of ads. Yeah, that would be fun. I think I'll start with Captivate. That would be fun. Maybe next week. Okay. Instagram me is question point underscore pod underscore Belinda. For Vince, it's question point underscore pod underscore Vince. For the podcast itself, it's question point underscore pod. And the most important Instagram is boots underscore the attack dog. That's to find out all the latest happenings with boots, the mascot cat who his father calls him an attack dog. Because he is. Because he is for him. Twitter, question point, underscore, B, as in Belinda. Mm -hmm. Or question point, underscore, V, as in. And there is a actual Twitter for question point pod. Question point, podcast. Nope. QP. Underscore pop. So you changed it. Uh, yup. Okay, thanks for letting me know. No prob. QP underscore pod. P-O-D. The book is corrected. Yes, we do have a book. It's awesome. On to the business at hand. Who won this episode of Question Point Pod. Without further ado, the winner of this episode of Question Point Pod is Belinda! Belinda. That's me. Just be. That's me. Linda. I will be Linda. What do you got for us? Okay. So, Bill Maher, like, said something disrespectful about Stanley when he died. I don't know what it was. I don't need to know what it was. And Kevin Smith went on, and he's like, yes, you know, he did say something bad about my mentor and everything, Stanley. But he has opinions. He's entitled to his opinions, and he's still my friend and stuff. Um, But he did kind of hit my heart when he said called me a grown man who still reads comic books and wears hockey jerseys and 
he had lost all the weight and he decided it was a good time for him to stop wearing the hockey jerseys. So that was when the new clothing of Kevin Smith started. With that, what we will do is we will sign off. We will see you next week with another episode of Question Point Pod. I am Belinda. I am Vince. Saying goodbye. And have yourself an incredible week.